This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 247 of Dublin Dane. My name is Tim, and joining me, as always, is Dublin Dane himself, Dane. <laughs> How's it going? Hey, Tim. Or should I say Tim the Betrayer? Um, Tim the Betrayer? I am, yeah. What did I do? I am um, I'm fully caught up on Angela. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, Tim betrayed that Tim. Okay, now I got yeah. it. I thought I did something to you like over the last two weeks. Man, what did I do to betray Dane? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Not to me personally, but uh, you, you have done some things um, to Andor, Cassian Andor, and then you died. <laughs> Very unheroically, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wanted to save... Um, uh, Biggs, right? Yeah, but he couldn't even make it down like two steps before he got shot and <laughs> taken out. Well, at least he tried, Tim. At I least guess. he tried. <laughs> I guess. Uh, we we need another Star Wars character named Tim to redeem that name. And yeah. technically, I mean, it's pronounced the same, but it's spelled T-I-M-M, kind of like how Bruce Tim is spelled. So technically, it's not the same exact <laughs> as my name is. Tim. Yeah. Stop trying to make excuses. Stop trying to make excuses. It. It's Tim. <laughs> it's Tim. You hear it as Tim. It's oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tim, it's you. Sorry. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't be a heroic Jedi. You had to be. Uh, you, you you had to be the, the scapegoat for all of Andor's <laughs> problems. <laughs> Pretty much the catalyst of the show, almost, you yeah, could say. Yeah, kind of, yeah, you're right. Because if he didn't say anything, they wouldn't know he was on that planet, which I'm forgetting the name of. Barracks, um, I believe it is. Yeah, Barracks, yeah. Or Farrix, sorry. Farrix, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, wow, Jim. You, so you are caught up. Now. Fully, yes, I am. Okay, cool. Fully caught up. I am up. You know what? Let's hold it until we do uh, the, the little section that we have. Our TV recap section, which sadly yeah. is dwindling down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to be right. down to what after this episode? <laughs> uh, but it's probably the best out of the bunch, I'd say. You can make that argument. You can definitely yeah. can. 
Yeah, I know you're a little hesitant because it's like all, all of your favorite yeah. franchises. <laughs> it's like picking your favorite kid. But Almost, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me it is. Um, yeah. All right. So before we dive into all that stuff, let's kick off, like we always do, with our Fellowship of the Ring minute-by-minute minute commentary, which sadly won't be followed by a Rings of Power discussion since that is one of the shows that is sadly over with now. But I have, I don't know if you've been seeing my uh, tweets last week where I've been going, I went on a Tolkien Middle Earth book shopping spree and just got a bunch of books so, that wow. I've never read before and rebought The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and The, Simil- the Silmarillion. But I was bummed because the I got this nice illustrated box set of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings in one box. And it's this illustrated edition. The covers are beautiful. There's great artwork by Alan Lee in there. But it comes with this case that all the books are in. That was nice too. But as soon as I took it out, I took a photo of it. And then I, I after I posted it on Twitter, I saw, oh man, that a little rip. And it's like, there's like a big tear and rip on the box that the books are encased in. I was like, no, <laughs> why? So I didn't look at them too much because I had to send them immediately back and I have a new set on the way. It should be arriving tonight according to the tracking. So um, hopefully this is one that's not damaged because I do not want to send it back again <laughs> because these books, they're not um, they're a few, few years old now. So it's, I didn't even get it directly from Amazon. I bought it from Amazon, but it had to go through another retailer. So it's not like these books are out there and the, like tons of them out there just to go and buy because I would rather prefer just to go to Barnes and Noble or something and pick it up in person, but they're not available there. So if I don't want to have to keep sending them back, and I don't think there's going to be that many available. So <laughs> here's hoping when I get them today, they're in nice condition. I could put them on my bookshelf and go through them again because I really want to dive into those um, books again, just with the illustrations. And I, my plan is because I just started I shouldn't say just started, but I'm kind of midway through of listening to the audiobooks of The Hobbit with Andy Serkis. And because I know you're dived into the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I just got um, the trilogy on the audiobooks as well. So I'm kind of probably be, but I might be doing something where I'm reading and listening to the, at the same time <laughs> with the audiobook and going through the new ver- those new illustrated books I got. But it uh, should be fun. But I just started reading The Children of Hur- Huron, if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, which so far I'm really enjoying. It's, it's a first age book, um, which I know of certain elements that happened in that story, which sounded cool to me, and I wanted to read the whole thing. So <laughs> diving into that one. I also got the Baron and Luthien book. I got Unfinished Tales. I got another edition of The Similarian coming. So I'm going to be in Middle Earth for a long, long time. Not to mention, I'm st- I got that uh, new art illustrated art book of... Uh, the Rise of the Dragon, it's called, just based on the Targaryen history, which is awesome as well. So I'm going back and forth between Middle-earth and Westeros as far as my reading material these last few weeks. And it'll probably be that way for the foreseeable future for me. Is it is the rip on the uh, the left part of the, the case? Yes, it is. Uh, okay, I see it. I'm looking, I'm looking at the picture now. Yeah, it's like... I noticed it afterwards when I looked at the pictures. Like, if you zoom in a little bit, you can notice where the tear is. But it's a, if you, like, pull it a little bit, it's a lot wider <laughs> than what's showing in oh. the picture. Oh, uh, I see. Oh, that sucks, dude. So I you know, have to send it back and yeah, get, a, get, a, I mean, get a, another one? Yeah. So it's about to take uh, a little, little over a week if it arrives today, like it says it will. 
Oh, that's not that's not that bad. Not too bad because I thought it was going to be like two weeks or so, but yeah. And on the cover of the the, the Silmarillion is that um, the ships uh, for the uh, Numenorians? No, but they're, they're elven ships. I forget the exact. Oh, they're name. elven ships. Yeah. Oh. I see. So I had to send that uh, Similarian book back as well because that was an older edition. It is a bigger book, as you can tell. But yeah. they came out with another illustrated edition a couple of years ago, which has more artwork in there. I was like, <laughs> I didn't realize there was another one. So I sent uh, that back, and that one's on the way. That should come in like another week as well. <laughs> wow, what a what a bad experience with Amazon, Tim. I it mean, hasn't been my best. One, yeah, yeah. Well, one that was well, kind of your fault. With yeah, Silmarillion. But exactly. The other one was wasn't your fault. With yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings illustrated collection. <laughs> yeah, that was. I was all excited. Oh, I'm gonna have them all ready to display at my bookshelf, and just which one will I start diving in first? And I was like, well, it's not gonna be the Silmarillion, it's not gonna be <laughs> the Fellowship or the Lord of the Rings trilogy or the Hobbit. But thankfully, I got some other books to keep me keep me busy till those ones uh, arrive again. I like the GIF that you that you uh, tweeted out oh, after the call. that. <laughs> oh, screaming. <laughs> That's how I felt when I saw that big tear. Like ah. <laughs> And I like the pictures after that of like your neighbor's um, <laughs> Halloween decorations. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was just going out for a walk and I was like, oh man, that, the one with wow. the big skeleton is just yeah. like a couple of houses down. I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then just walking around my neighborhood there, there's one of the the big wolf man. <laughs> that looked really yeah, cool. That's probably my favorite. It's all it's 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 all blurry. I know. I was, jumped out at you or something. It was like I didn't mean it for come out that way when i after i took it, i looked at oh man didn't come out i was good with it but you know what it actually kind of fits <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyway oh yeah uh, I, I i like your um i like your dc glasses yeah those ones i've had for a while but going through certain things they were like stored away <laughs> like, uh, like probably for our last move and then kind of got them out again. Man, these are really cool. I forgot I had these. <laughs> I see. Have you been doing uh, the soccer continues for 10 years? We have. Yep. This past oh. week, November 2nd, is officially the 10 year anniversary when we released our first episode. Wow. How does. Uh, how does. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting their names. Kyle and. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Paul, uh, some of you. <laughs> <laughs> for 10 years. Well, 10 mainly years. Kyle, because we started out first. <laughs> Just the two of oh, us. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Well, on you too, Dane. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I- I'm fortunate that I'm celebrating two 10-year podcast anniversaries in one year. <laughs> oh, really? We-, we started 10 years ago, too? Earlier in the year, is April. Uh, I see. I see. Anyway, um, I am done getting distracted by Twitter. All right, this is this is looking at Tim's photo section on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this is the new segment of the podcast. I'll be sure to post interesting ones every day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so after explaining my whole Lord of the Rings book ordeal, let's get into the commentary for the Fellowship of the Ring. So go ahead and grab your VHS copy, your DVD copy, 
HD DVD, Betamax tape, your laser disc, your Blockbuster membership card, your Netflix physical media, your projector, your DVHS copy, and as always, the one we're watching it on, our VHS converted to DVD copy made from my now 12-year-old PC that's still alive and kicking right now. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> and we're going to go from minute 35 to 36. So, Dane, if you're ready, I'll give the countdown. I am ready, Tim. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Uh, this is actually one of my favorites, even though it's a short addition to the extended cut of The Fellowship of the Ring. Just seeing the hobbits. Have some fun at the Green Dragon singing a song. It's a very catchy song, too. Is this in the book? Yeah, I'm pretty Can't sure remember. it is. Oh. Because, you know, there's a lot of songs in the book, and they obviously didn't include not very many of them in the films. So it's kind of cool to see that there is one at the start of it when the extended edition came out. I believe it just picks up right here where the hobbits are having this conversation. I see. I always like how Frodo, where they're calling, calling out how little strange and like like Bilbo, and he goes, "I'm proud of it." <laughs> Just embrace like embracing your nerdy side of things, <laughs> which is how I feel. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. We spent the minute at the Green Dragon, and it was fun. <laughs> Is it is that the same um, woman that Sam ends up with at the end? Yeah, Rosie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Rosie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure because it's you know honestly it's been a while since I've seen Return of the King. Ah, uh, should change that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I gotta Sorry, confess, I have... Dane. I know I did yeah. this a few times for The Dark Knight Rises, but I had my first cheat in our minute by minute commentary where I watched Fellowship of the Ring about a week or two uh, ago. So <laughs> it's ruined. The experiment, the, the experiment is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we now to make it right we have to start all the way over again. Yeah. We get we we gotta start with the Hobbit movies too. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all in oh, no technically technically it would be the Rings of Power, right? If we're gonna go in chronological start, order, yes. Yeah. We'd have to start with Oh, wow, it's, so, so we're never going to finish. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll see where we are on our 20-year anniversary, where we're at with this. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into, like I said before, our dwindling TV show discussions <laughs> on this podcast. So where do think we should begin, Dane? Should we begin with the final episode of House of the Dragon, or should we start with Andor? Uh, probably House of the Dragon. Because I am curious as to what you think. House of the Dragon, right now, I might we'll have to wait to see how Andor ends. But all the shows we've been talking about, House of the Dragon probably is my favorite right now. I think they did an awesome job with the finale and ending the first season with the bang and setting up what's to come in future seasons. And I kind of like how they did it too, where because we didn't talk about the penultimate episode, I believe, but it was kind of where episode nine was focused on the greens uh, with Alicent and her family. And then the finale was on the blacks with Renera and Damon and their family. And how they're kind of dealing with the death of Viserys and obviously <laughs> what to do about it. Once they put um, the Greens put Aegon on the throne. And 
that episode was crazy as far as like him being missing and everyone's <laughs> trying to find for, find find him for their own personal gain and how to do things and then just getting that awesome moment where uh renice goes enters this coronation with her dragon and just has that moment where she could have took them all out but she didn't um and then flew away which leading up to the finale another thing about it i think we did talk about that on our last episode timeline's a little confusing right now as far as our recording schedules and when these shows air but i just liked how the final episode of it just really dealt in kind of everything that we saw Rhaenyra go through in the first few episodes or the episodes in the season leading up to this moment where she will uh, or she should be i should say become queen of the iron throne and just kind of mirroring certain things where like going through that birth again which um kind of mirroring the first episode with her mother and how, what a traumatic experience that was as far as she refusing the help from like uh, the housemaids and the nurses and all that not to assist with the birth but doing it all on herself knowing what happened with her mother and obviously um the same result with the child dying there and just everything that she's gone through leading to this moment of obviously not officially on in west in king's landing becoming queen but there on dragonstone everyone is supporting her um making her queen and how they're going to go about uh dealing with aegon being the, on the throne kind of officially <laughs> quote unquote and just that standoff she had with hightower um kind of trying to make a peaceful resolution to this but um Obviously, that's not going to happen. She is the rightful heir. They're trying to, she calls him, they're trying to usurp the throne. So just everything setting the stage up. And then it is leading to that big moment at the end, which really kicks off the Dance of the Dragons and the Civil War with her son, Luke, going to visit Storm's End, which was cool to see. Um, I forget his name, but obviously one of Robert Baratheon's ancestors there. Um, trying to tell him to, obviously, they made an oath and to still support it, but Aemon beat him to the punch <laughs> to kind of not just asking for support, but offering um, their family into marriage with one of their daughters. And uh, this moment I was really looking forward to seeing because this is one of the big moments from the story that I knew what was going to happen watching the history and lore videos. And it sounded like a really cool moment to <laughs> see happen on screen. And it did not disappoint where um, you just kind of see how Luke is kind of out of his element there, just being a young kid probably no more than 13 or so um but yet having in this big position to call to call support for his mother um to one of the major lords in westeros house baratheon and just aemon beating him to the punch and just obviously being older and still <laughs> kind of being more of a threat to him wanting still wanting payback and revenge for losing his eye and you get to see how uncomfortable it was for luke and really nerve-wracking it had to be and just really qu quick to get out of there once all that was happening but knowing what was to come with the kind of the first battle between dragons in the civil war that's about to take place in this moment here visually it looked great it looked really cool seeing dragons fly in the rain some of the coolest shots ever of dragons in game of thrones happened here just first off when you see luke entering storm's end he just looks to the side and you see this the head in front of Vagar, how big she is as <laughs> a dragon is any any other dragon paling in comparison to her then you got that shot where luke is flying off on his dragon then overhead and the clouds used to see that gigantic silhouette of Vagar flying over and it was just really cool visually and him trying to escape and just 
it was a kind of a cool sequence, not a like a super long battle that they had. It's really just a chase, but I love that visuals too of just Luke flying up really, really high above the clouds. And you see the sunshine, and he's you know he's not out of the woods yet. And then the way just Vagar instantly just snaps out and just chomps up Luke and his dragon. Knowing that I knew that's how it went down, but it played out a little differently, which I knew kind of caused some complaints from the diehard fans of being changed a little bit, where it sent more like an accident where Aemon and Luke couldn't control the dragons. The dragons were acting on their own against each other, but I was fine with it. It doesn't, that's a, doesn't make Eamon out to be a completely <laughs> psychopath and kill someone who would kill his family. Um, because he was actually like, he didn't want Vagar to do that. Um, no, and probably knowing because of the consequences that's going to lead to, obviously, um, being the civil war that's going to come out of this, really causing the Blacks to make their move on the Greens because of, obviously, they're not going to know it was an accident or anything like that, but they just know someone from... Uh, Allison's family killed one of theirs, and they're gonna have to get resolution for that. So, um, but regardless of the change, I thought that scene was played out beautifully. And then just moving into the moment where Renera finds out, where Damon tells her there's no dialogue or anything, it's just the music. You just get that shot of her sort of their back turned. You can kind of see her like slump from the shock of hearing that news, and then just she turns around in her face. It's like almost like a changed person now, where. She doesn't say it, but you just look thinking his hair like this means war type. She had that type of look on her face. So, yeah, I thought it was great. Just a very cool sequence to cap off what I felt was an almost perfect first season for a new series um, based off our, our already iconic series with Game of Thrones. I thought they just did a phenomenal job with this first season and setting up the story, laying out all the characters, kind of like all the pieces are on the board now. Now um, they're going to be <laughs> moving and doing battle with each other over the course of these next seasons. So I loved it. I thought it was great. And just an awesome way to cap off what was a really, really awesome first season. Yeah, like I I, I really like the, uh, the, the sort of change there at the end where it's, you know, because it seemed like Renera was on track to be a good queen. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, like a diplomatic queen at yeah. the very least, right? Mm. And yeah, because everyone was pushing her to attack into war, but yeah. she was, yeah, <laughs> reluctant. She's like, no, so. no, yeah, because you know, she's like her. She learned from her father. It seemed like she was going to be a, a a good queen, but then this happened. The uh, her uh, Luke died, and it's like that that sort of switch, and now she's going to be. Um, uh, she, she she's gonna be a war queen, I guess you could say, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm just wondering, like, how, how did it go down in the books? Because I, I I sort of saw the same thing, where it's like, yeah, but they changed it. So like, um, uh, I, I I totally forget his name. Uh, Aemon Targaryen. Yeah, yeah, the one with the eye patch. Yeah, it's Aemon. Yeah. Yeah, Aemon. He. He tells Vagar to intentionally kill Luke. Yeah, that was pretty much his intention right after he left Storm's End. He was going to take him out in the books where... And this one, it was just kind of like taunting and tormenting him, like scare him off (laughs) with no intention to kill. But obviously the possibility was always there, but that wasn't his intention. But in the book, it was more so like, yeah, I'm going to take you out right now. (laughs) Ah, I see. Yeah, because it's the one... 
this is the one knock I'll give on uh, on this final episode. I was like, as soon as um, uh, Luke arrived at Storm's End, I was like, yeah, that he is dead. Yeah. <laughs> he is, I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but he is going to die. Uh, and that's my one little knock, because I could see that coming from a mile away. But um, yeah, like I, I, I guess it was supposed to be that way, because like he, he does die in the, the books or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that that that's my one knock against uh, <laughs> um, House of the Dragon. My other knock is uh, it looks cool to see the dragons flying around, like you said, and fighting, but it's when they do the close up of the rider, mm. and and I I feel like all of the Star Wars shows has have the same problem too, where it's like you're trying to like lean left. And then we're leaving right all of a sudden, and then we're going back, and we're going forward, and then we're going, you know, it, 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 you could tell they're sitting on a barrel. Yeah, and you looking know? at nothing. <laughs> yeah, looking at nothing. Uh, it, it doesn't quite sync up the, the correct way, but um, uh, the Star Wars show have the, have the same problem with uh, when they're riding speeders and stuff. But um, yeah, overall, I really liked, um, I really liked the show. Um, especially the end, um, uh, with, uh, Renera. I mean, like, like what, what is like performance right there in that one scene where yeah. she <laughs> sort of crumples, but she catches herself and then she, uh, she slowly turns around and you see that look of like revenge. She, she wants revenge really, really bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, o- o- overall, I, I really love the, Dragon. It's going to be interesting to see if they change anything with how they get payback for that, because <laughs> how it goes out of the books is pretty brutal. So I'm curious if there'll be any changes as far as as far as who, I guess, orchestrates the whole thing of what happens. But yeah, I'm I'm going to say don't tell me on that, Tim. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't tell me. Okay. Uh, my prediction is, unfortunately, um, um, Allison's daughter. I shall remain silent. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, can't wait for season two, which unfortunately is going to be probably two years away from what I'm hearing. Oh. I they haven't really started filming or anything, as far as I know, yet for season two. And as far as high, how high the production quality is on the show, you can't do that really quick, so I'm kind of preparing myself for our 2024 to get season two, but hopefully maybe a late 2023, but we'll see. But um, we're down to one more show now for the rest of the year, at least for me anyway, because I don't think there's any other show going on right now that I'm going to be intently invested in um, than the ones we've been talking about the last few episodes. Um, I wish I could say that about Titans. I know that just started season four. As I haven't watched the first two episodes yet, but that season three was such a disappointment for me that I'm not in a rush to start <laughs> watching this new season. I'll check it out eventually, but um, yeah, I'm just more invested into the shows we were getting right now. So that just leaves Andor, which it's hard to believe, Dane. Now we're only about three episodes left because <laughs> when you hear about 12 episodes, oh man, this is the longest Disney Plus Star Wars shows we've got and the Marvel shows that we got. Yeah, this is going to last us a while. And they premiered yeah. with the first three, so that obviously shortened 
the weeks down to how many weeks we're going to have with new Andor, but still, it's kind of hard to believe we're just down to three. But you are now caught up on it, and I, before moving on to the last few episodes, I got to hear your reaction to what you thought of the ending for the second arc, uh, the Aldani arc, we'll call it. Uh, sort of expected it to happen. What I really liked was the um, the I I am bad at the names, so like just uh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, I'm still on, not on that, that great part. either, was it? <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of ancillary characters that, yeah. that really just are there and then they die, right? Yeah. Um, plus, we're watching a lot of TV shows right now. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, I really liked. Just the cherry on the on the cake, right? Is is that that scene where Andor and that one guy are talking while that other guy is getting surgery? Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yeah, but I'm I, I'm sort of a rebel against everybody else, sort of like it's a me against the world sort of thing." And you know, how does forty million credits sound? <laughs> no, because they, they 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 got 80 million credits and they just put it halfway, and Lilo I guess or that's the guy's plan, and uh, it actually made me uh, jump. It was like a jump scare for me when when Andor pulls out his uh, yeah. his blast and shoots him. I I did not expect that. Same um, here. But but again, you know, this is more of an adult show. Um, and. Yeah, like I didn't expect that. That was like the perfect topping for uh, for that whole arc. I I really enjoyed it. I I didn't know they were gonna leave that other um, woman behind, um, Vel's uh, uh, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were gonna leave her behind. And, uh, like I was like, okay, so she's gonna die then. But then not, no, you see her walk out of the uh, the. Uh, the the compound there. Uh, another thing too, uh, the last time we were talking about uh, t- talking about this arc was, um, I thought they were going to steal a payroll ledger. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to steal the payroll, actual, the actual physical credit <laughs> payroll. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to steal like a ledger, and then they're loading all these credits into the into the uh, or these gold bars. It looks it looks like. Um, many gold bars into the into the barred ship um but yeah i i totally love the storyline uh, i'm sure people had problems with it but uh you know like i i totally enjoyed it from beginning to end um and then jumping on to the next storyline tim i i got circused <laughs> i did not expect <laughs> well you're not, not alone Dave. i didn't know he was in the show as as well that was an awesome surprise to see a pop up yeah. on the screen <laughs> it, it it didn't leak or anything it didn't no. come out that any circus maybe i just it. stayed away from it but i didn't see anything yeah. about any circus being in the show but it's a great cameo because like i don't think people well, see, were I, it's more than a cameo it, it's, it's a full-blown role for this arc yeah 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 right it's it's a full-blown role um but 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 it's a great sneaky way to get him in there yeah. Um, uh, so, like, are people complaining that? Oh no, he played. Uh, he, he can't play two Star Wars characters. 
Yeah, I'm staying away from all that stuff, so I haven't seen yeah. anything about that. But I'm, I bet these are speculation. Could this actually be the origin of Snoke? Is this Snoke? <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> I don't think so. But no, I don't think so. He's one of the rare actors to play two different roles in Star Wars. I'm trying to think who else is there besides some like minor voiceovers that Mark Hamill has done <laughs> for some yeah. side characters. But uh, yeah, he was. Just great to see him back in Star Wars. That's another role, but in the role he's playing is great too, especially in the last episode where he just does a 180. And just mm. I just love how it's someone. Obviously, he's been in that Imperial prison for a long time. He's so close yeah. to getting out. He doesn't want anything to mess that up. He's just so close. So he tells Andor to like stop asking him questions about how many guards there are and try to think of any ways about escaping. But then as soon as that moment hits, where they find out. Um, they pretty much killed everyone. I think it was level two and how yeah. the reason for that, which is when your term is up, you don't get released. You just go to another level and you try to keep it hushed. But then when people started talking about it, that's why they killed everyone at level two. So then when he realized, Oh crap, I'm here forever. And <laughs> just immediately that ending for this last episode, I loved it where Andor just, or Cassie just casually asked them because he kept asking them throughout the episode. How many guards are there on these levels? How many guards? And uh, Kino is his name. Uh, Andy Serkis' character just, like doesn't want to hear it. And then as soon as they're walking out, as the, their inmate dies, they don't say anything. Cassie just asks, so how many prison guards are there? And without hesitation, Andy Serkis' character, Kino, just goes, no more than 12. <laughs> just like, you knew that. He's all in now for trying to, what's going to be an epic prison escape, I think, in the next episode. So I just love, just in these yeah. two episodes, uh, this character arc that um, uh, Andy Serkis had on this one. Also a great twist. I mean, uh, th- there's a big plot hole in it, right? Like, why wouldn't the, the prisoner that, that got released and then was brought back just tell everybody that, you know, well, I think that's oh, what they're happened, not releasing though. anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, it, they, they've done it before, right? Mm-hmm. Or or is it because of the, uh, the, the emperor's new um, uh, legislation? Yeah, that, not sure. That they are being released or mm. and then coming back, you know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they they can't yeah, have other so, ways to keep them quiet, maybe, for anyone that yeah. would dare talk about it. Yeah, the electric floor. I, I totally love the gimmick of the, the electric floor yeah. or whatever you were calling it. Uh, it's, it's it's so great. And um yeah, such a great twist on like um on the story, which it which could just be a regular plain old you know, I'm in prison story, which which I was sort of expecting going into it. I was like, oh, no, you know, we're going to have we're going to have Andor, you know, like in a in a prison. And it's it's going to be the same thing over and over again. Uh, but I, I I really like the twist of how like they're they're doubling everybody's prison sent, sentences and then they're um, they're just recycling them back into a different level. Uh, yeah. Such a great twist. Um, but a couple of fun facts, thing... Dane. Did you know yeah, the, sure. the old the old man who the inmate who dies at the end with the stroke? Ooh, you know, yeah. the, the actor playing him is the guy from uh, the first Batman movie who, who looked at the very beginning. Uh, the gunman who were <laughs> Batman just asked him, uh, "I'm Batman," or he goes, "Who are you?" That's the same guy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I. I, I... I gotta go watch. Yeah, it's like I you don't notice it, but once you do know, you go, okay, yeah, he definitely looks like that same actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. 
And then and, also too, um, yeah. the other inmate, one of uh, that's part of Aunt Cassian's crew in the prison is Melchi from Rogue One, one of the rebel soldiers on Scarif, pretty much like a second in command in that battle. The one who has to uh, find the master switch. Ah, really? Yeah. Wow. So that was cool to put I, him in there. It's kind of showing how obviously they're gonna, him and Cassian are gonna make it out and stick around a little bit and end up in the Rebel Alliance. But it's kind of cool to show um, how someone from Rogue One and uh, Cassian kind of met in this circumstance. So it's kind of cool to add him in there. I thought. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Wow. Because I heard his name, I was watching the episode, like, oh, Melshi, yeah, I, I remember that name from Rogue One. I know exactly who that is, which is cool. Uh, I see, I see. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, w- w- one of the most uh, chilling and sinister scenes in all of Star, Star Wars, I'd say, is uh, Bix being tortured. Yeah. Um, not so much like, I mean, like j- just how they played it, where it's like she's, everything goes quiet, and then all of a sudden she starts screaming. And then they cut to, you know, the door closing, and then they cut to that, that drill or whatever going. Uh, not only that, but also the story behind it. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> that the doctor's explaining. Is about- they, they wanted to build a fuel depot or something, and then. Um, uh, the the indigenous people of the planet didn't want want that to happen, and so the, the empire had to genocide them, and then they distilled it. Yeah. They, re- they, they recorded the the pleas and the uh, the dying of children. <laughs> they, they isolated it. Um, yeah, it also that's... made it horrible too, or just add to that chill factor is how casual and like friendly the doctor was coming off to you about it because yeah there's, there's that moment where uh deidre the, uh, the isb agent introduces the doctor and the doctor's gives a friendly go like hello this kind of like yeah pleased to meet you <laughs> type of re- <laughs> like response just like he's playing up as like a really friendly person doing a terribly <laughs> messed up thing yeah. um so just that just adds to the twisted and the evilness of the empire here yeah, j- j- just the whole story where it's like, you know, they, they genocided this whole indigenous peoples of this planet, and then they, they, they isolated the screams of the children, you know? <laughs> that's, uh, that's horrifying. Yeah. And the, the great thing about it is, like, it's somebody just telling you about it, you know, and it's not they're not showing it right it's just somebody in a room calmly telling you about it and then bix has her reaction to it and then they cut away from it and it's done i i i this show is this show is brilliant tim i hate to say it but it's it's brilliant why would you hate to say that (laughs) you're enjoying it we should love that because i I know people really like The Mandalorian and Bofet and uh, all these other different shows. Well, you'd be surprised uh, that you'd be surprised of how much shows the, or how much praise the show is getting over those ones, really. <laughs> yeah, I am so happy to hear that because uh, I hope you know, as Star Wars fans, 
I know I, I know it's not your conventional story about like the hero and the lightsaber and the you know rescuing the girl, right? I I know it's not really that. I I hope you Star Wars fans know how brilliant the show is, and it it sounds like you guys do. Yeah, and it's like what's great is how, how different it is, and just yeah, yeah. And it's great that we have this variety of Star Wars shows to get. That's why I get right. annoyed when people on both sides of the extreme where they're saying, oh, with Andor, it's brilliant. This is how Star Wars needs to be going forward. It's like, no, it doesn't need to be that. And then no, on the other no, side no. saying, oh, like this is nothing. It doesn't have the excitement or of the Mandalorian or the action. It's like, no, but it doesn't need that. It's telling its own different story. It's like, it's so awesome that we have this variety of stuff to choose from. And whenever you're in the mood for the type of story you want to experience in the Star Wars universe, you have the options there. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I said it before. I said on the talk of TV podcast, just embrace the variety that we're getting right now. Don't go to the extremes one way or the other if you're loving it or hating it for the type of show it is. Yeah, Star Wars should not follow this formula. I it, it shouldn't change itself to become what the Andor show is, right? Mm. No, exactly. Um, but but the variety is so great. You know, you have Obi Wan, you have Boba Fett, you have Mandalorian, and you have Andor. But you know, I I I'm so glad that you Star Wars fans sort of recognize that this is a brilliant show, and it's like it's it's it, it, it's a great show. And I, I'm I'm just glad that you guys recognize that. Um, because like I. I, I wish they would apply this to like their Marvel stuff where it's like, um, you know, I, I don't really have that connection to, to any of the Marvel characters. I, I, I wish they would have so, would sort of like take this formula and sort of put it into the Marvel universe mm. so that I could have like some kind of connection to, um, to the Marvel universe. But, um, again, it's like the, the variety of shows that you Star Wars fans have, like I hope you guys appreciate it. You guys are just totally hating on it. Well, obviously that comes with the territory, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, th- this prison storyline, I was like, uh, you know, like, like why is he going to to prison? He should be with the with the rebels right now. Um, he should be like zipping around and you know stealing money and. Just, uh, shit parts and you know all that sort of stuff but it's so great that it went against my expectation where it's like you know i mean it's it's, it's like a really small thing but like go, going against my my expectation of like him going uh and or going around like i said with the, the rebellion and doing all this different sort of stuff um yeah it, it goes against my expectation and um Again, I, I think there's going to be a season two of Andor. Right? Oh, it's confirmed, yeah. It's been set out as oh, a two-season okay. series, so the second okay, season will be sure. Yeah. Okay, so like uh, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a second Yeah, season, so if it's but, like if it ends oh. on like an ambiguous note or doesn't have like a satisfying conclusion, like don't worry, the season two is coming. So. <laughs> yeah, right. It's supposed to lead yeah. right into Rogue One. Yeah, and it, it like I said, it was going against my expectation of what I thought this show was going to be, and then... You have like you have the ability uh, ability to tell the story of like um, the rebel alliance 
it's barely in lines at this oh, yeah. point. That's a, I love the um, stuff we're getting with Mon Mothma too. Just showing what she yeah. has to deal with at this stage of trying to keep the rebellion afloat and just the secrecy she has to do amongst her family, which I didn't even know going into the series that she'd have a husband, a daughter, a cousin yeah. who's working with the rebels. So all that stuff is just great to be getting this insight into that we've never known before. Yeah, right. The, like the, the Mon Mothma stuff is good. Like she can't get her hands on, on her... Um, her money, um, her inheritance or whatever. Um, so she has to sort of both start like a big charity and then like go through that. And, you know, like the, again, the problem is like we said in the, in the last time we reviewed the Andor uh, series is the, the rebel quote unquote alliance. <laughs> Cause like I said, it's barely an alliance needs money now. They, they, they need stuff now and she can't do that because of the audit the imperial auditors like who who, who would have thought that in a star wars show we'd be talking about uh finance auditors yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> right well, I mean, it's yeah. it's but, but it's true yeah it's true it's like who, who thought we would talk be talking about Finance auditors and moving money around, big charities and funneling money into charities and um, sort of like all that sort of stuff. And like I was saying before that, like putting Andor in prison was sort of brilliant because it allows you to tell these other stories about like how the, especially with the saucy, um, wow, that that was yeah. really intense. That, yep. that that was crazy. And I love how he was mentioning all these different rebel factions, like even the separatists and sure. these other <laughs> factions that obviously, like you said, they're not the rebel alliance yet. They're just all scattered apart trying to do their own separate thing against the Empire. And yeah, and it, was, it makes it makes Saul more of an interesting character, even though he's in it for like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. I know. You know, it's it, it, it totally adds to the world building. And it's like, you know, Saul is an extremist. Uh, you, you, and you know why? Because you've watched the Clone Wars episodes, right? Yep. <laughs> um, and you can tell why he doesn't get along with all of the other rebel factions. And it, it, it again, the key word is factions, right? Because it's very factional. You know, it's like high school. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. They do not have any sort of any any sort of cohesion it seems like all they agree on is they don't like the empire right and you could tell because um i forget the character's name tim uh saw and the guy he's talking to uh, uh luthan yeah luthan right saw and luthan don't trust each other because you know saw was asking luthan about like oh was that you uh on aldani yeah. No, I think that might have been you. You know, like they totally don't trust each other. Yeah. Uh, but Luthen needs Saul's help uh, to to do this other job, right? And it's it's so weird because like you think of like the original trilogy and like it's 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 all smooth and it's all clean. And it's you know everybody's fighting fighting against the the Empire and that's it, right? But then you add all yeah, this like layering into it. The good guys and bad guys are easily defined in the original trilogy. Just right. looking at through those movies, but that's the, that's what I love about Rogue One is how 
just a little bit of time we got there, just how it's not so black and white <laughs> with, uh, yeah. especially with the rebels. Yeah, and like this show just sort of builds on that, and yep. th- to to me, that's like the, the the most interesting part of the story. Really, is the uh, sort of factionalism of the of the rebel groups because they are like again like just the concept of the rebel groups, the different rebel groups. Like, no, he is. I, I don't like him. He's only out for himself. He does this or that or the other thing. And just that one little conversation between Luthen and Saul so, sort of like just made it very, very clear to me that these people like, yeah, have this big overarching goal, I guess you yeah. say. <laughs> um, but they are so divided. They are so, so divided. And the, the Mon Mothma scenes where she's trying to get her money are great too. But the the brilliant part is the her and it's 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 made to be this way, but the boring scenes of Von Mothma trying to do legislation in the Senate room, right? Mm-hmm. In the Senate chamber. You know, she's trying to you know, these people really need help and nobody's listening to her. Nobody cares. You can hear them talking. You can see the difference between the Republic Senate and the Imperial Senate, which sure. I love. I love that we're getting Senate scenes <laughs> during the yeah. Empire. You can see them walking. People walk away yep. it, 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 during her speech and are distracted and nobody's listening to her. And those scenes are so brilliant at how, like, at showing how useless the Senate is at, at this point. And again, Pretty soon after this, you know, the emperor is going to disband the Senate. So, uh, yeah, you could tell it's it's just people talking. Like, there's no real legislation going on. And it's, I mean, Mon uh, Mothma is saying like, oh, you know, the emperor is overreaching on his power, or I'm trying to prevent the emperor from overreaching on his power with his powers, right? With the um, is it called like the prod the porn program or something? Yeah, I can't remember the, exactly, but yeah, yeah, it's like an acronym. Uh, you, you know, she's trying to prevent this, but it's pretty clear that the emperor is in total authoritarian authoritarian control of the yeah. of the entire government, and ah, uh, it's so brilliant. It's it's so so brilliant. Or she she has to, you know, go and do this and show up and at least try, and then you have this other storyline with her where she's trying to get her money to the to the rebel alliance and even the rebel alliance is in an agreement so it seems like a hopeless endeavor you know so yeah it's i've gone on long enough so <laughs> no. uh, i apologize but uh yeah this is my favorite show on television probably my favorite show that i've seen in a long time yeah yeah it's i'm in agreement with you just I just love getting the insight into the rebels and empire that we never gotten before. And yeah, maybe it could be slow. And if you're not interested in that stuff, it could be a slow burn for you, but I'm eating all this stuff up, <laughs> getting this insight and just building yeah. on what we already know. And it's doing a great job of that. And just can't wait to see where it leads to the end of the season. And just what is going to be kind of the moment where Cassian goes full in with the rebellion. Cause I thought it was going to be after the mission and Aldani that something would happen there, but Nope. And obviously in the trailers, I knew who's going to go to prison. And after that, seeing that arc, I thought, oh, this is probably going to be 
his actions on Aldani caught up with him and he gets thrown into the prison. But at first, I don't know how I felt about it, but I think it was actually kind of a brilliant move where he goes into prison for something totally non-related and he didn't do anything to warrant going to prison. Again, just showing the tyrannical rule of the empire where they're just finding, trying to find any little thing that they can pin on you to throw you in prison. And it's for six years for not even doing anything and just accusing him of running with these other people that were trying to make their escape on that uh, vacation planet that (laughs) he was on there. So, um, yeah, just and I'm wondering if stuff that's going to happen in prison is going to like, how is he going to get back with Luthen? And where is the story going to lead after that, where he really joins the Rebel Alliance, where I think I I, if I were to guess right now, it's probably not going to be until the season finale where. Maybe that's where this how the season ends, where it's like, yeah, I'm full on board now, and then we'll see him actually part of the rebels in season two. And as I said, season two, from what I've heard, it's supposed to there's supposed to be some pretty big time jumps in there to get to the point where we the last episode will lead into Rogue One. So there might be a few year time jumps by the time we get to season two. So it's definitely going to be interesting and fascinating to watch. But yeah, Cassian has been just, or I should say, Andor has been such a unique star wars tv show and i'm eating it all up so like i said before kind of hard to believe it's only down to three episodes but at the same time i can't wait to see these next three episodes and how it's all going to wrap up in this first season you uh brought something up in my head tim like about like how they're going to conclude this this season this first season Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know because luthan wants to kill andor yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just a small little thing. He wants to kill Andor. Um, and he, he sent Vale after him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that switch is going to happen. Maybe it's going to... Andor's going to have to take Luthen out. Maybe that's going to play a factor Ooh. in him joining the Rebel Alliance. Kind of not taking his place, but I don't know, just <laughs> doing something uh, where... He has to take him out, but at the same time, for the cause of the rebels, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some very fascinating and character studies as far as what makes Anik or Anakin Andor <laughs> fully join the rebels. <laughs> wow, I didn't think of that because I, you know, because I'm not, I'm not yeah. banking on Luthen surviving the season and making it into season two. I don't know. I didn't expect Vel to live. Yeah, that's true. I, I expected no survivors from that mission. So yeah. the fact that Val and Cinta both survived, so that was unexpected as well. So, but because yeah. um, Luthen, he has to get taken out at some point, I believe, because he's right now he's such a big player in these different rebel factions, and the fact that he wouldn't be involved with the Rebel Alliance by the time we get to um, Rogue One, and even in that episode of Star Wars Rebels where they all come together, obviously he was a character that wasn't created back then, but. Um, I think it's going to be something where it's because he's not alive, not where he walks away from the cause or something like that. Because I think in order for him to not be involved at all, he'd have to be dead. Because he seems like a type of person who's so determined that even if he wasn't part of the Rebel Alliance, he'd be doing things on his own against the Empire still. So I think he's not going to make it very far. The Rebel groups, the different Rebel factions are mafia families almost <laughs> right wow I, I i just came upon that 
sort of insight now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never looked at it that way either, but you're kind of, kind of have a point. Yeah. Huh. They're like mafia families or Yakuza clans. Hmm. Wow, we should talk more, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure the next three episodes are going to have plenty more to talk about and yeah. see things in totally new lights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so, just seeing Saul, Saul, just seeing Saul is so fantastic. He's, he's one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. Yeah, he's great. Just getting his <laughs> sometimes extreme viewpoints on the galaxy. And yeah. like I said, it's a lot better when you've seen the Clone Wars and how it all see how it all began for him. Yeah. Um, so, also, oh, my my one wish. Sorry, Tim. Uh, my one wish for the Andor show. I know they've already filmed it, but please don't kill off Andy Circus. Please, please, please. I know it's especially now where it's like. He's determined to get out of there. You kind of want to see his yeah. character get that happy ending. <laughs> At least to get he's out of prison. Not. He's not, Tim. He's not going to make it out of prison. Yeah, I could he's see it totally where he sacrifices himself to have Cassian get out. I could totally yeah. see that happen. The more, the, the more Andy Serkis, the better. Yep. Is, I'd say, <laughs> any franchise, really. It's like, oh, Andy Serkis popped up in Pokemon. Why just a Pokemon <laughs> fan now? <laughs> Yeah, uh, please don't kill off Andy Serkis, please, please, please. And with you there. So I trust now, Dane, that you're not going to fall behind Wendy Chip. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah, no way. It's it's getting too intense for me. <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's hard just to wait. It's hard enough to wait a week. Yeah, it's getting too like I don't know. Not really <laughs> tension building i guess you can say please uh, it's like it's yeah please just don't kill off andy circus <laughs> is all i'm asking <laughs> find out next week you could um, you, you can break the cannon and i don't know kill off mon mothma <laughs> somehow <laughs> you can break break that cannon right into a billion pieces just as long as andy circus survives <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see if your wish come true yeah <laughs> i gotta ask you too dave before i move off from star wars tv have you watched tales of the jedi yet no i haven't i haven't tim uh it looks amazing it uh, is you amazing. posted that sc- i can confirm <laughs> you posted that screenshot of uh rex uh and yeah that was that looks really good yeah i'll i'll just say this um it did an amazing job exploring Count Dooku's character, where you just kind of look at him uh, in a new light. So, <laughs> have you read the Dooku book? No, I haven't. I kind of heard mixed things on it, uh, to be honest. I I really enjoyed it, um, especially if you buy the audio book version. Okay. Yeah. And I kind of heard too that certain things that happen in Tales of the Jedi kind of makes the canon a little murky as far as how things play out. Ah, uh, I see. But, yeah, I don't care about that. You know, I'm not a big stickler on canon. Yeah. It's good not whatever. to be too obsessed yeah. with that. I mean, you like it all to match yeah. up, but some, certain things, if they don't match up perfectly, you can't get too bent out over shape over that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have they released the Ahsoka one yet? Oh, they, they released all episodes. 
It was just uh, oh, six. Okay. So they released them all in one day. Okay. They're all there. Uh, I see. And how's Tim? How was the Ahsoka one? Those are great too. <laughs> I mean. Okay. But the Dooku ones are the are the best. They're my favorite. Just because just, they just went explored new territory with the character that I just loved and found fascinating. Wow. And Rex has his own one. His own episode. He's just part of one of the Ahsoka episodes. It's there's three. Yeah. There's six shorts total, three about Ahsoka, three about Dooku. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I got to get on that, Tim. Definitely I got to get on Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. And they're not, it'll just probably take like a little over an hour to watch all of them. It'll make for a nice, kind of like a Clone Wars movie. <laughs> oh, they're really, really short. Yeah, the longest one's like okay. 20 minutes. That's the first one. The rest are kind of in between 10 to 15 minutes. Uh I don't know if I like that, Dan. You wish they were longer, but they, <laughs> they actually all have a great flow. They don't yeah. feel too short. Oh, okay. okay. They're paced really well. Okay. So so they're kind of like the... Um, I forget the name of them, but the Star Wars anime one. Oh, Visions? A little bit, yeah. More yeah, Definitely yeah, more of a cohesive story, though, throughout it. <laughs> but how, how the length of them is similar uh, to that, yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, check that out and definitely let me know what you think because I'm pretty confident that you're going to love it. <laughs> okay, we'll see. I'll be extremely critical um, <laughs> to the point of, you know what? I don't like that Ahsoka's lightsaber hangs on the side of her hip, but it's not high <laughs> up enough. So the host series sucks. Then there might be one episode you have a problem with then. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. In fact, never mind. If that's going to be your hangout, don't watch the series. <laughs> <You're not going. laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's our TV show recap discussion. Sadly, we just got Andor left. So I, by the time we record our next episode, we'll probably be on the penultimate one of Andor. So we'll probably have two more episodes talking about Andor. So that's good. <laughs> I know, Tim. I don't know. What do you think I should do? Do you think I should stop watching Andor and wait till all all of the episodes are out? Nah. Or should I just go week to week? Go week to week. <laughs> okay. How yeah. are you going to make it those next three weeks or not yeah, knowing what right. happens to Andy Serkis? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Tim. I can't do it. I can't do it, Tim. I know yeah. I can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially, especially now that there's nothing to watch. No. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least for us too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So actually, there's some big DC Warner Brothers news to talk about, which was really surprising when it broke <laughs> about a week ago, where as soon as the Warner Brothers Discovery merger happened, um, they were one of the priorities was to look for head of DC films. And there is someone who was supposedly in the running. That didn't work out. But now it's officially confirmed that James Gunn and Peter Saffron are going to be the leaders of DC Studios. No longer is it DC Films. It's going to be called DC Studios now. It's kind of similar to Marvel Studios. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, James Gunn, obviously, he's the one, <laughs> the one making the headlines, being mostly associated with Marvel creating guardians or directing guardians of the galaxy moving over to, of course, that whole ordeal with him getting fired for volume three then rehired but in between then he had to do 
or not had to do, but one DC got him and he wanted to make the suicide squad, the peacemaker TV show. So he's had his um, hands in both uh, comic book studios uh, with Marvel and DC, but now he is going to be only on the DC's DC side as head of DC studios. So I believe it was reported that obviously he's going to be with uh, Peter Saffron. Uh, James Gunn is going to kind of oversee the, development and production of these projects while uh, Peter Saffron is going to be the big picture kind of role um, for the studio as a producer. So, uh, but definitely surprising uh, thinking about names and hearing people's ideas and suggestions of probably who should run DC. I don't think James Gunn was <laughs> someone who was on that list, but um, I'm excited for it because I obviously I love Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite franchises in the MCU um, in there, I think James Gunn did a brilliant job bringing those obscure characters to the big screen and making them kind of household names now. And then what he did with the Suicide Squad, I know that's had a positive reaction amongst uh, DC fans, but it's I'm, amongst casual fans, I've heard more mixed things about it. So, um, but I did like what he did with the characters there. Um, so I just like how they're getting someone to be in charge of it who's more on the creative side along with someone who's more on like the business side of things with peter saffron so i'm excited about the potential that can have with you have someone who knows what it's like to make these movies who's been a part of building a universe with the mcu to have someone with that experience um part of dc now and just probably what he's learned from kevin feige uh, being in charge of marvel studios we know james gunn has worked closely with him on developing the guardians and even have an input with the guardians role in the avengers movies so he has that knowledge of how to build a successful universe so i'm all excited about that but here's the thing we've heard gotten these announcements before with people being in charge of dc they get a few films done and they don't do good and then things change and they don't see their vision through um you've obviously heard there's been quotes from the new head of uh, Warner Brothers Discovery saying he's excited about the vision that James Gunn and Peter Saffron have. They got a good foundation of where the things to go. We've heard that before, too. So it's like I want to be excited, but it, until they have the chance and opportunity to build this thing and where if a movie doesn't do good and then they have to restart all over, get new people involved. It's like I just hope they have the chance to see their vision through over these next few years, because we haven't seen that at all <laughs> with the DC movies. So regardless if they're going to build a universe or not, just have a creative force who's ahead of these projects to see their vision through and how they want. That's all I'm kind of hoping for right now. We'll worry about the other stuff and building universes <laughs> once um, the movies they're actually developing get off the ground. But um, I things are looking positive at this front. I mean, I love how, obviously we talked about last time with, Henry Cavill officially being back as Superman in his appearance as Black Adam. He sent out a video after that saying he is back for more projects. And it was just announced how he's not going to be involved with season four of The Witcher, which makes you believe that it's because kind of priority now is going to be developing Superman films and just being involved as Superman. And I like the fact that they're from all that they're saying, they want Superman to be the face of this new DC universe and to build off that which is how it always should have been. The main character of the DC universe should be the guy to build the universe off of. And the fact that they're kind of, it's a shame that it had to take this long to realize that, but it's good that now you got some creative forces like James Gunn who realize that and want to build this universe around Superman with Henry Cavill back. So 
stuff definitely excited about it it's just again i gotta temper that excitement because um i've been excited about other things <laughs> and potential projects for dc movies in the past and we know how that turned out so i'm just hoping this is it now you got your leaders in place now let them do their thing and create this new era of dc movies so we shall see how it goes but right now um i'm excited about the choices they picked to lead dc movies right now yeah uh good good they finally got somebody and somebody with a name you know to to helm this i don't know what to call it Tim. this new era of dc films yes New era of DC films. Wow, really rolls off the off the tongue of the MCU. <laughs> well, it's technically, I mean, like I said, it's called DC Studios now, so they might be calling it the DCU. No more DC Extended U or DCEU. It's just DCU. Yeah, I'm just curious how he, how, how he's gonna roll up all all of these uh, different universes and stuff, you know, into one cohesive thing. If he if that's what he's gonna do. Exactly, we but don't like, even how, know that. <laughs> how I mean, we know they're gonna film Joker too, right? With mm. with uh, Lady Gaga. Like, how is that the Batman gonna, too? Like, that's gonna be in production. Right, the Batman too. How is that all gonna work into? I don't know any sort of semblance, right? Yeah, maybe it's, like I said, maybe they're not even gonna be concerned about right now. You have this one yeah. corner that's just doing their own thing, and they'll have another corner that is building a universe. Yeah. Hmm. Well, good luck. Yeah, right. <laughs> because I mean, we've seen it. We, we've seen it go wrong many a time, Tim. Yeah. Is you probably that's... still holding out hope for that Green Lantern movie, Tim? I'm glad you brought up Green Lantern because I want to talk about Green Lantern, if I may. Oh. <laughs> because you know, they that HBO Max show that was been announced for a few years now. You haven't heard any updates on that for a while, until about a week ago, where. Because before, it was a very ambitious project. It even says it's going to be like one of the most expensive TV shows ever made, one of the most expensive shows on HBO Max, um, which could, Green Lantern deserves that. But it was supposed to take place over the course of different eras where it was going to focus on different Green Lanterns, like Alan Scott, Jessica Cruz. I believe Salmon Baez was a part of that. Guy Gardner also. So it was a story that's going to take a place amongst different periods in time very ambitious it sounded cool and to me you know the kind of a different and unique way to do that because there are a bunch of different earth green lanterns you can focus that on but now that's been scrapped <laughs> that is not happening anymore so oh but we are still that. getting a green lantern show it's just going to be focused on one green lantern now and it's going to be john stewart which a part of me goes that might be the best case to go to kick off a Green Lantern show because again, what they had planned sounded really ambitious and maybe kind of hard to pull off for your first go around, but maybe you can make the argument they're just playing a little safe. But at the same time, obviously, I just want a live action Green Lantern interpretation to be done well and to be received well. And if that means just focusing on one character like John Stewart, I mean, I'll, I'm on board for that. Let's just get a singular story you, you want to tell with a Green Lantern and maybe build into having other ones. Um, join in amongst the core okay that would be great so kind of a little bummed that we're not going to get all those different that green lantern show that was originally announced but still glad they have a more focused approach now and focusing on john stewart as the green lantern so um i just hope it gets off the ground and it's something that they 
sees the light of day <laughs> uh, because you know me and Green Lantern, he's been so under you. It's just so disappointing. And we just had that. I just watched um, the new animated movie, Green Lantern, Beware My Power, which actually focused on Jon Stewart. And that was even a disappointing outing for me. I was hopeful wow. that would be a good one because, like I said, it's been a while since we had the Green Lantern movie animated as well. But to me, it was supposed to focus on Jon Stewart, but he almost felt like an afterthought or not the main character. And what they did to Hal Jordan, I wasn't a fan of because they tried to do a condensed version of Parallax, of him becoming bad with the Parallax um, entity inside him. But it felt way too rushed. And the way he was defeated was very anticlimactic because it's like he gets control of all these Green Lantern rings. He becomes full of the Green Lantern energy. He becomes just almost like this godlike being, but he gets taken out so easily by John Stewart with just one power ring where how Jordan has like 10 of them, one for each finger. So uh, that was a little underwhelming. But again, the focus didn't seem to be on. It was in the beginning a little bit, which I enjoyed the kind of the first aspects of that movie before John Stewart got the ring because you kind of dove into his past and kind of some of his uh, post-traumatic stress he has as a war veteran which I wish they would have dove into more. They kind of did a little bit at the end, but it just felt tacked on. It just wasn't developed well enough. So that was disappointing to see. But again, I'm just glad that a Green Lantern live action project is still on the table. It seems to be in production. And hopefully um, this they got focused and settled on the direction they want to go, just focusing on Jon Stewart. And let's go make it now. <laughs> let's get this series into, produ- into production because... Um, until I see it on my screen, I'm not going to be convinced that it's actually happening, even if it gets into production, because <laughs> we all know what happened with Batgirl. I'm sorry to say that's how I feel now, but <laughs> because of the cancellation of that, you cannot be 100% confident even when cameras are rolling. So, um, so yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about Green Lantern, <laughs> because he has been in the news lately as far as some of the projects that's being developed, not for the movies anyway, but uh, for TV show. Well, Tim, uh, this goes for you and your brother, because, again, your brother is a big Green Lantern fan. He's, he's almost lost all hope in Green Lantern stuff, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, that's a great statement, what you said right there. And I want you to remember that, because I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, Green Lantern is the Oakland A's <laughs> of the DC Universe, uh. right? I think you're right. They even got the same colors. Technically, too. yeah, technically, there's a chance. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> technically, technically, but probably not. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the advice I'd give you and your brother is to a bury your head in the sand and b Cross your fingers and your toes. <laughs> For extra measure. <laughs> For extra measure. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. Um, again, we had that show. We had that animated show. And none of them have seen the light of day, Tim. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm still not over the animated series getting canceled because that was yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, see, we do have something in common, Tim. Uh, you, your brother, and me, right? Like, j- 
the, the Oakland A's of the DC universe. Yeah. Franchises with the color green. Yeah. <laughs> just struggle. That's what our common ground is. They're just struggling. Struggling. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'll be yeah. one happy fan the day I see a live, a live action Green Lantern on screen again. <laughs> yeah. I'll be one happy fan when uh, the Oakland A's make it to the postseason. I, say. I was going to say, what's more important for you? Because <laughs> Oakland's made it to the postseason like last few, not recently, but not too distant future. Wouldn't the stadium right. be more important or more of a victory for you at this point? <laughs> you see, like, because that uh, seems I'm like what going, the impossible I'm, goal is. It's like a yeah, live action yeah. Green Lantern is. I think Oakland getting a stadium is <laughs> in that realm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, I take that back, Tim. I retract that statement, and I will say. The Oakland A's getting that 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 stadium, that far off in the distance Mirage of a stadium. They <laughs> should call uh, it that if it gets open, the Mirage Stadium. <laughs> yeah, because I really don't look. I am gonna say with full confidence, the Green Lantern show is not gonna happen. The Oakland A's are going to be moving to Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. You see, uh, maybe it's just me being hopeful when I shouldn't, but I think we are going to see the Green Lantern show at some point. It's probably going to be a ways off, but um, we'll see what happens first. Oakland getting a stadium with the Green Lantern series. I, I think it's a coin flip at this point because <laughs> both, I think, <laughs> are so far off in the distance. Yeah, you, you, you're better off... Uh... You know what, Tim? I'm gonna go even crazier than you. The, those D and D dice, the twenty sided die. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have a better chance of it landing on twenty one <laughs> than, <laughs> I than uh, the Oakland A's or yeah. Green Lantern show happening. You know what? My hope is my ultimate hope is for this new leadership with James Gunn for the charge of DC. I want to see a Justice League movie with a Green Lantern. That's all I want. That's all I hope for. <laughs> Can I get that, please? You get your team up with the Justice League characters. I want Green Lantern to be a part of it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, but wasn't Green Lantern in uh, the Zack Snyder? That's the other frustrating thing. He was supposed to be. They filmed a scene. They had an actor as Jon Stewart. They filmed it, but because they had other plans with Green Lantern, whether it was, I think it might have been for the TV show, they they didn't want him to use it. And that proved uh, to be stupid because they never <laughs> used it. Exactly. Never used it. It's going to be so far off by the time we do get that series or, I mean, way hopeful, wishful thinking out there. Another movie, the Zack Snyder's Justice League is probably going to be almost 10 years old by the time <laughs> that happens. So it doesn't <laughs> matter if the film is shot. That's why I put Martian Manhunter in there is to replace Green Lantern, which it would have made a uh, whole lot more sense was. if it was Green Lantern. That's who I was thinking of. It was Martian Manhunter. I, I thought it was uh, um, Green Lantern, but uh, it should have been. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his suit looked cool too. They, Zack Snyder posted some behind-the-scenes footage of, or just not footage, but actual pictures of it. It looked like a really great Green Lantern costume. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember the 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 names of? Um, uh, the the chapters of, of Zack Snyder's Justice League. No, I don't. 
Uh, There's well, I remember the first one, something to do with Batman. <laughs> Batman was in yeah. there. Yeah. I think, like, like it, it, it had to have been a Batman part, but it was, like, beloved son and daughter or something. I think you're right. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Like, I remember probably several oh, words from okay. each chapter, but... <laughs> uh, don't count on it, Batman. There you go. That that's the, the that's the first chapter, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. I think there yeah. is some, there is another title or chapter that's titled with the naming of family members, isn't there? Uh, A Father Twice Over. It's the epilogue. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And Don't Count on It, Batman is the first... Age of Heroes, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. There you go. Change Machine. Yeah. Change Machine, All the King's Horses, Something Darker, then A Father Twice Over. Yeah. There you go. Why did he put chapters in that? Because it's over four hours and it's good to have (laughs) some breaking Uh, points if you want to. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. Which was a smart decision. Ryan Reynolds was supposed to be in Justice League. I don't think that was ever really confirmed or not. <laughs> no. I would have loved to see him though. That would have been a great, <laughs> great cameo. <laughs> oh, okay. So I see it. the The final scene was originally filmed with John Stewart slash Green Lantern, portrayed by Wayne T. Carr, but Warner Brothers rejected the idea as they had other plans for the character. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Previous variations of the scene that were filmed included characters such as Kilowog with Jon Stewart. <laughs> Kilowog with Tomar Ray, is it? Yeah, that would have been cool to see. He's he's kind of like the bird-like yeah. Green Lantern. And Stewart with Martian Manhunter. Uh, the first was not filmed as Snyder was chained. Snyder changed Kilowog to Martian Manhunter, the second being scrapped early in post-production back in 2017, and the third being filmed in August 2020. Oh, so Jon Stewart with Martian Manhunter was filmed. Yeah, because I don't, I actually don't remember reading them together. I just thought it was Jon Stewart by himself, but then got replaced by Martian Manhunter. That's all what I remember. I could be wrong. Uh, Well, I'm reading you this off of Wikipedia, so (laughs) (laughs) you're probably right, Tim, because I know. If I know one thing, Tim, it's, or if I know four things (laughs) about you, Tim, or five things, whatever it is. I keep going up. You're a Star Wars fan. (laughs) You're a Star Wars fan. You're a Lord of the Rings fan. You're a Game of Thrones fan. And you're a Batman fan. And you are a Green Lantern fan. (laughs) <laughs> a very desperate Green Lantern fan right now yeah. <laughs> well Tim all I'll say is keep your toes keep your fingers crossed good advice coming from a fellow fan of a green franchise <laughs> <laughs> green franchise yeah I like that so yeah, that's our big takeaway from James Gunn becoming the head of DC film. Let's just get Green Lantern yeah. out there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, here's to hoping. Yes, that's all we could do. Rebellions yeah. are built on hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
technically, yeah. <laughs> technically. <laughs> So yeah, I guess on that note, that will do it for this episode. So unless there's anything else, Dane, you want to mention, I can talk to you for the outro. Are they excited for God of War Ragnarok coming out next week? That's right. Uh, yeah. uh, you would have you uh, it would have been out before you heard this, but yeah, I am excited for it. Um, God of War. I don't War. think you have to worry about you pre-ordering that one and being disappointed with the. <laughs> but no, well, it's it's getting amazing reviews. Yeah. I think it's it's one of the best reviewed games of the year so far. So. Yeah, I eventually got to no... play it. I haven't played any God of War games, but I wanted to play the the new ones that have been out recently. Obviously, this one looks great. Yeah. The, the giant wolves look awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like that alone I, makes I, me want to play it. I have to reiterate. I uh, I mean, I have to say that I've only played the God of War remake. Uh, the 2018 one so yeah i haven't played any of the other ones but um yeah god of war is one of my favorite uh, the 2018 one is one of my favorite video games um and this one let me say it's it's uh the the, the way they ended the 2018 one was uh yeah it, it it made the wait very very long I didn't realize it was that old, 2018. I thought it was, I was thinking like 2020 for some reason, but yeah, that is a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, do you, do you care if I spoil it for you? No, you, you can't. Okay. Cause I think it was in the trailer. So, uh, Thor is going to be in it. Yeah. Right? A, a fat Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I wasn't in game. <laughs> and it's not going to be the Thor, the Marvel Thor, right? Yeah. It's going to be like closer to the actual Thor. <laughs> And uh, maybe, maybe I should, or you know what? I don't know. You tell me. Should, should I spoil the other one for you? If you don't it'll, probably, it'll be a while before I play it, so uh, I might forget. Okay. Yeah. So um, you, you see, uh, you, you know Atreus, right? Yeah. Mm. The, the kid. Mm. Uh, he's Loki. Oh, really? That, that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a sort of like. If you want to call it a big reveal at the end, but like you, you, you go to the place of the giants, and uh, there's a big mosaic, and there's him, and he's Loki. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, so that would explain why Thor's following this one, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Atreus is supposed to kill Kratos. Ah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that so. should make this one <laughs> pretty exciting <laughs> and interesting to see you unfold. Yeah. And like I, I don't know if you've seen like let's plays from it, but they do it all in one take, right? So like like you you open up the game and then you jump in, and it's all what you, you can play one take to the end of the game. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, that, 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 that's why I like the game because like it's it's such a cool concept, like a small little concept, but yeah, especially like during the action scenes, like you can be in the um in god of war 2018 like you're fighting on the back of a dragon uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's it's really cool but anyway <laughs> yeah um this is the game that i was most excited for for this year so well, yeah, yeah I, only I a definitely more days eventually, yeah a couple more days tim it's it's gonna be a long couple days until <laughs> I, get to play. I, I know what you'll be doing the next few weeks yeah, so so don't bother me with, with anything, Tim, please. <laughs> Except you just got to make time to watch Andor on Wednesday. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 
you know it sucks, Tim. God of War, Ragnarok, and and or come out on the same day. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's gonna suck. But I'll find room for Andor. You got to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, that's it from us. So uh, uh, go over to BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com/slash/BatmanUniverse, Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse, shows Twitter handles at BatFast27, oh, at BatFast Podcast. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Thinking of the old one going away. The now. old old one. Uh, Tim Sitter handles at Batfans Podcast. So, <laughs> my God, what's wrong with me today, Tim? You're just too excited to play God of War. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let me get this straight, Tim. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. There you there go. There you go, Tim. There you go. That's official. <laughs> my Twitter handle is at Bainsis Rate and reviews on iTunes. iTunes doesn't exist anymore. Rate and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Still rate us on iTunes, though. <laughs> yeah. And um, if you want to email the show, you can email the show at batfans without hands at gmail.com. So, with that, like we say at the end of every single episode, 10. Each and every one of you was all of our desperate hopes for our green colored franchises to succeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Yeah.